Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah to Jesus. Today, we're going to hear about something very, very powerful. God has been speaking to us. What has God been speaking to us about? The can-do. The can-do. Person. The can-do person. Now, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Amen? So I want to just encourage you all to pay attention. Very important. That how, as the years go by or the months, rather, I found out that many people sometimes zone out. Or many people don't always focus when the word is coming. But that is a mistake because every single word is important. We have the logos and agreement. And today, God is going to give us his unadulterated word, which is going to be a blessing to you. Hallelujah to Jesus. So I pray that we focus and we, we, we expect, come be, be with expectation. Yes, it's a bit difficult because we are in, we are watching through Zoom, but be in expectation, knowing that the Lord our God in the midst of us is mighty. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now let's turn to Philippians 4.13. Someone read Philippians 4. And verse 13. Philippians 4 13 says what I can. Let's have it on the screen. I can, I can do all things through Christ, which gives me strength. Some people have rewritten it saying, I can do very few things because of Jesus Christ. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, I can do all things. Not some things, but all things through Christ. So last week, we got to talk about the fact that a can-do man or a can-do woman or a can-do person is a person of faith. It's a person who is being led by the Spirit of God, a person who is walking in faith, and because of their faith in God, they are able to achieve great things. So we got to talk about the fact that a can-do person is a person of faith. That's a quick recap. And then we said that there are three reasons why you and I need to be can-do people. Three important reasons why you and I need to be can-do people. The first is that in order to be able to believe the word of God. Hallelujah to Jesus. In order, because there are many things that God will tell us, but if we don't believe it, it's not going to help us. For example, God told you, Joshua, that every place the sole of your feet shall tread upon, God will give it to, the, uh, to Joshua. And God has given us many, many promises. God has told us that He's given us everything that pertains unto life and unto godliness. Unto life and unto godliness. He's given us everything we need. The Bible says that God has blessed us, not is going to, has already blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that, I mean, he, he's given us too many promises. The Bible also says that his strength will be made perfect in our weaknesses. Hallelujah to Jesus. The Bible also says that even though Jesus was rich, he became poor so that through his poverty, you and I will be rich. So an exchange, a rich became poor so that he will take our poverty and then we will take his riches. Hallelujah. And then he died, rose from the dead, 
and now in all glory, all honor, all riches, all blessings belong to him. So we need to know and be able to believe the word of God. Number two, we need to become new people in order to obey what God tells us. God told Joshua that Joshua, I'm sending you. Now I want you to be courageous and I want you to take possession of the land. So God told Joshua to take possession of the land. Now we can find this in Joshua chapter one. Let's go back to Joshua chapter one and then we will continue. Joshua or Yehoshua chapter one, verse seven. Jesus, Hebrew name is Yeshua. Hallelujah. Yeshua and Joshua, Yehoshua. Hallelujah. And Jesus is great. God saves, God delivers, God blesses. So Joshua chapter one, are we there? Now, very, very important for Joshua chapter one. Now, let's turn to it now. The Bible says in verse one, let's start from verse one. Joshua chapter one. Now, Joshua is right about autonomy. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, or uh, of God, after the death of Moses, God's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant. He said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come for you to go to these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan, or to take them across the Jordan into the land I am giving them. Verse 3. Every place that the sword of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites. And this was a great blessing, because these were slaves who were now free. And look at what the blessing and the promise God is giving to Joshua, the leader of the people. All the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the, the going down of the sun, shall be your shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, I will be with thee. I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. I will not fail thee, and I will not forsake thee. But you see, God saying, I will not fail you, nor forsake you, does not mean that you will go through difficulties. What am I saying? Even Ai, didn't Joshua and Israel lose the battle, the first battle with Ai? They lost it because of the sin of Achan, but nevertheless, they lost it. But when God says that I will never fail you, it means you will win all your battles. Every single battle you will win. You will come back up on top. You will always be the victor and never the failure. Hallelujah to Jesus. There, so then I'll read the story again. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, I will be with thee. I will, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shall thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto thy, thy fathers or their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper. With us, so ever thou goest. 
So you can clearly see that God is telling Joshua that the same way I was with Moses, that is the same way I'm with you. Now I'm going to send you to the land of these giants, to the Hittites, to the Genesites, to all these people, the inhabitants of this, this land is going to be a big land, and there are going to be so many people you are going to conquer. But don't worry, I'll never fail you. I'll, I'll never cause you to fail. I will never forsake you. I will never disappoint you. I will be with you always. The only thing is that be very courageous as you are going into this battle. Into this battle. Be very, very courageous. So you and I need to be candid people in order to obey what God tells us to do. Now, we are not talking about God telling us to sin or not, not to sin or communicate or not to steal or lie. We, are, we know that we need to fight for those things. But we are talking about God telling us to do things that will lead us to the promised land. God telling us to do things which will get to our destiny. The Bible says in Ephesians 2 10 that God, we are his workmanship. We are God's masterpiece created unto good works. We were created unto good works which God has been ordained that we should work on them. Yeah. So there are certain great works, certain things that God has prepared for you and I long ago before we were even born. That's what the Bible says, even before you and your mother's womb, I called you to Jeremiah. And I separated you and I called it to the nations. Why? Because he knows, he, he knows the one who's going to be born tomorrow. But God knows that person. Why? Because God knows the beginning of the end. And there's no time with God. So God sees everything from A to Z. He sees it already. I don't know what I'm speaking to someone. So God is telling us to be courageous. To be courageous. Don't, don't move to the left or the right. God knows what he's doing in our lives. And God has prepared certain great works, certain great works for you and I to do. But in order to do those great works, we need to be very courageous. We need to be very courageous and we need to follow his way. Don't shift to the left or to the right, but to go according to his way. I mean, think about it. An, an army general, the tool and the weapon God gives the army general is the Bible. Think about it. Why are you giving an army general the Bible and not master keys to, to strategic war or the art of war? But you are giving that person the Bible because the Bible is our only wisdom. The Bible is the only key because we are not supposed to be in the battle uh, to fight the battle. We are to be in the battle to present ourselves in the battle, but the battle is not ours but God's. So that's why we don't need to learn the strategies. We just need to obey God because as for Fighting the battle. The Bible says, present yourself. The battle is not your God's. And that's an example. That's why God gave the clear example in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. Now you read from verse 1 that the Bible says that God ambushed the enemy. There, there, there were a lot of nations, a huge army, the many nations had gathered together to form a huge, mighty army. To annihilate the people of God. The Bible says they fasted, they called for a solemn assembly. Then the Bible says that they appointed singers and praises to lead the worship the, 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 the army. So they were playing trumpets and drums and leading the army. And then what happened was that God told them, All you need to do to present yourself. Just present yourself, stand still, and see what God is going to do. So all they did was to present themselves. How did they present themselves? By just marching. By just marching. That's all they did. The only thing they needed to do was to march and to sing and to present themselves at the battle. Then the Bible says, God ambushed the enemy. 
God himself ambushed them. Think about it. The Bible says that God ambushed, the Lord set ambushment against them. And because he set ambushment against them, there was a period that every single man who went to war was ambushed by God himself. What was the ambush? They fought against each other till every single one of them died. And when the last man died, then the Bible says that the children of Israel rushed because in those days, when you finish the war, you fight the war, everything that belongs, excuse me, everything that belongs to the enemy is now yours. So the Bible says that when they went, they were shocked to see almost every kind of precious jewel, gold, silver, and precious jewels on the dead bodies. Now, why are you going to war with gold, gold and silver? And the Bible says that it stripped all the precious gold and silver and precious jewels from the enemies, from their dead bodies, and they were able to take with them more than they could carry away. So don't worry at all. All we need to do is to follow what God says. So we need to become good people in order to obey what God tells us to do. Can I have an idea? Or you can just give a thumbs up. Number three, in order that we can do the works of God in our time. Numbers 13, 13. What does the Bible say in Numbers 13 and verse 13? Numbers 13 and 13. What did Caleb say? He said, let us go up at once to possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. Unfortunately, there are many Christians who have rewritten this verse. You'll be surprised. And when they are, when you rewrite the verse in your mind by not putting it wrongly, but by acting out the opposite of what the verse is. Many people have rewritten this verse and are saying, Oh, let us not go up at once, for we might not be able to take it. There are so many Christians who know how they, 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 they thrive in that. There are so many Christians who don't know how to say, yes, we can. This is a huge undertaking. Can we do it? Some will say, no, we can't. Or let's think about it. Yes, we need to think about it. But they need to be can do people in every uh, 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 meeting. They need to do, we need to have can do people in every group. Who will say, yes, we can? Who will say, like Caleb, yes, we can? The other people will say, let us wait. Let us think about it. We cannot do it. And the Bible says, and Caleb still the people in front of Moses and said, let us go up at once. Let's go and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. Remember that with man, it is impossible. With man, we cannot overcome it. Who glory to God, but with God. Who? I said something. I said, with God, we can overcome it. With God, all things, not some things, all things are possible with God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Now, the four enemies, we talked about it before, the four enemies of a can do man or woman. And we remember that we took the can do man from Philippians 4.13. I can do all things. Of course, all things as not mean go and lie. I can do all things means I can do everything I need to do. There is nothing I can I need to do that I cannot do. There is nothing 
I need to do that, I will not do it. There might be setbacks, but it doesn't matter the setbacks I can do it. It doesn't matter how many times it has failed, I can do it. I can do all things. I said I can do all things. A can do person is someone who says I can do all things. I pray that at the end of this message, those who were maybe could we let's wait. I don't know. They'll change to yes, we can. Of course, yes, we can will also include planning. We include planning, we'll include feasibility studies and all the different studies we need to do. But at the end of the day, we are doing the studies. I think it's in the, at the back of our minds that yes, we can, and we are doing it. We are doing it, but let's look at the studies to help enforce, not to discourage, because we are doing it. The first enemy. Now, when you talk about an enemy or something, it is something that prevents us from becoming a Kandu person. The four enemies of a Kandu person are very, very important to know because those things hinder the Kandu person. Those things negate the Kandu attitude. If you and I know these four things, we will fight them in ourselves. And we will work on ourselves so that those four things will not exist in our lives. Because those four things negate everything. Now, number one, the first is the memory, which we talked about. Don't memory. Philippians 2.14 says, do all things without memories and dispute. Don't do, do all things. All things means all things. All things means all things. Do all things without memory. Don't remember, don't complain. Because when you complain, you can easily find yourself complaining against God. If you complain, God would be surprised because he will ask you, were you not in captivity? Yes, you might have been doing bad things, the pleasures of sin. But even with the pleasures of sin, aren't you grateful to God that he freed you from the pleasures of sin? The Bible says that Moses forsook the pleasures of Egypt and rather preferred to suffer affliction with the people of God. And he had respect to the recompense of the reward. He, he had respect. He, he preferred and respected God's blessing, God's honor, more than the pleasures of Egypt. Even though he was educated and he was in the, in the in Egypt, he went to the best schools. He was very, very high in Egypt, very, very high official leaders. Nevertheless, he prepared to suffer for the people of God. But there are many Christians who wonder why, I mean, who, who wonder why God is not doing certain things for them, wondering why they are going through difficulties. Why am I going through so many difficulties? Is this Christianity working? I thought when I became a Christian, things will be open for me. But that, that's a lie of the devil. There's no scripture that says that when you become a Christian, there'll be no more problems. So there are many people who, because of their, their, their commitment to God, they are going through some difficulties. And because of that, they prefer Egypt. Remember that the children of God, they, they, they were thirsty at the point they complained. They wanted meat instead of their man. They were tired of the man, they complained. They complained about so many things in spite of the fact that we were free from Egypt. And many Christians, we need to be careful. Let me show you a verse. 
Yes, and everyone, not most, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So, if you are a Christian and we know that the Bible is true, and you are not suffering some sort of persecution, then you are not living godly in Christ. I didn't say the Bible says. So, it means you need to check your Christianity and your commitment to God. There must be some resistance against you. There must be people talking against you. There must be people who are jealous of you. There must be people who are trying to fight your calling. There must be people who are trying to fight you in every way. There are some people who say to you that, look at you, you are too you, 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 you feel you know. You feel you are everything. Look at you, just after, look, look at what you are trying to do. You are trying to, you, you think you, 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 are, you are all that. If you've not heard such things, then you need to maybe pray about it. There will be persecution suffering. Hallelujah. So, why should it be that because there are persecutions that, uh, 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 we are undergoing or we are suffering, we should complain that it was better in Egypt? It was better in the world. Why is the world better? Do you know what you've been free from? Many people who Many people don't know what Christ gave them and the cost. The cost. So especially the people who have who have been good people. Those who have been good people before they became Christians, not all. Some, some of them appreciate what God has done because God has given it to their heart, given it to them in their hearts by the Holy Spirit. But there are some who, who don't appreciate the cross. So that's when I think about the cross and what Jesus did for me by saving me, I, I'm emotional. So I, sometimes I'm very careful. I don't get emotional. But when it comes to what Jesus did, you get emotions. But it's not easy to just get emotions, crying and all that stuff. But when you appreciate it dearly, so I want to encourage you to appreciate the blood. When you appreciate it, the memory will vanish. You actually dissipate and disappear. Number two. Luke chapter 14, from verse 16 to 24. Luke, or Luca, chapter 14, verse 16 to 24. Lucas, or Luke. Luke. And thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. Now verse 15. And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, Jesus gave uh, talk about humility. And then you know how people are normally when something is said that is very, very wise, or it discredits you or makes someone look wiser than you. Maybe there are some people who want to justify themselves by asking a question. And that is what happened here. And when one of them that sat with him heard these things, 
He said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then said he unto him, A certain man had a great servant and bade me. Of course, you find that example I gave with uh, uh, the, the greatest commandment. And then anyway, verse 17. So one person had a great supper and invited many people to attend. Verse 17. And sent a servant at supper time to say to them that were bidding, Come, for all things are ready. So I've invited people. I spent the time inviting people and I've told them to come. But this invitation is a very important invitation because every single person. In the world would want that invitation, but sometimes you don't know what the invitation is all about. So some people will refuse the invitation, not knowing that that invitation is what they've been praying about, and that invitation is an invitation to escape them. And I'll explain it to you as we continue. And they all, with one consent, began to make excuses. It's amazing when you are in church, and it's always happening that when one or two, when two people call you, oh, pastor, I'm not able to come to church because uh, 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 this, 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 genuine reason. Oh, God bless you. I pray that everything must happen. The second person calls you, oh, pastor, I'm not able to come to church because of this, this. is Usually, about six, seven, eight other people will be calling you shortly. I don't know how to put that. So with one consent, without them knowing, they didn't even know each other. But somehow, by what, with one consent, with one consent, they began to make excuses. The first thing I have got a piece of ground, and I must and I must need to go and see it. I pray thee, have no excuse. But it's a summer. What kind of glasses, what kind of special light are you going to use to screw and to see the land? At night, you have some bright light like the sun. The number, the verse 19. And I understand. Please, we can't hear you. Is it better now? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Where, where did I? Where did you miss? Oh, just, 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 just a few seconds. Okay. So verse eighteen, uh, verse eighteen, and they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, "I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excuse." And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray they have me excused. Hey. So at supper time, you are going to prove your business. Okay. Verse 20. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. But what does marrying a wife have to do with attending a supper that is very necessary for you. 
After all, if you've married a wife, why not take her to the supper and show her off? So, and don't forget, this is God who is telling us the story and telling us that they were excuses. And people make all these excuses. So that servant came and showed the Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to, uh, to his servants, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done. So the servant went to do it and said, Lord, it is done. But uh, 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 as thou hast commanded, and yet there is still room, there is still more room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and pedges and anagazo or compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Now look at verse 24. For I say unto you that none of these men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. It means one day they will cry for it and they will be able to get it. Because they didn't see the significance that that supper was to save them. That supper was to give them a greater blessing. They didn't realize it. So you would see that there are people who thrive or, or who, who, who have developed their ability to make excuses. Such people are found in, the, in, in this verse. So you and I, if we are excuse makers, we must fight it. There are many times that when something happens, I say, yeah, this one, I, I, I behaved without sense. Sometimes I say to myself, oh, I, I wasn't thinking this, I was clearly off, no. Yeah, I messed up, I goofed off. It's always easy to acknowledge you goofed off when you have. Oh man, what was wrong with me? I was not thinking, I'll say it to myself. Why, why did I make such a mistake? But there are many people who try to justify their mistakes. And those are excuse makers. Hallelujah. You've lost something. Don't make an excuse. Just acknowledge. Don't blame anyone. Just acknowledge you lost it. I don't know I'm preaching to somebody. You, you failed an exam. Don't make an excuse in spite of the fact that maybe you were sick the whole semester. Don't make an excuse. Because you'd be surprised that Maybe you could have passed. The thing is that sometimes an excuse maker doesn't look at the statistics. What am I talking about? There are some people, let's assume you, you lost a job last week and you, you explained very carefully that the boss was not up there. The boss, your boss, uh, 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 was 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 not not honest with you. Your boss tricked you, or your, your, your boss forced you out. We will have said that. But if we ask you, what about your previous job? Oh, a colleague at work was a bit trapped me and lied against me, and I lost my job. What about the previous job? And you realize that six or seven jobs, the same thing happened. Stop making the excuse. Even though you might be right about this case, there is a problem. There is a problem. And the problem is generating those results or causing people to react that way. Very, very important. 
I, I can do person is not an excuse maker, but accepts the reality. Yes, there are giants in the land, but my God is well able to overcome. Yes, there are giants in the land. An excuse maker does not see the statistics. If you check one, you check two, you check three. For example, exam. You failed five exams last semester. And you or you barely made the exam. And, and there were reasons. Maybe it's because you were sad or you're going through some difficulties or you had different challenges. But if it's, it's a one-time thing, it's understandable. But if it keeps on going on over and over and over again, when you look at the past, there's a history. Then it is really per se not what you are saying, but you are the problem. And until you acknowledge that you are the problem, you would always be put in that container by the devil. And the devil knows that you can't go that much far because in the next 10 years, you keep on failing or losing the job until you acknowledge that I am responsible for this problem. I am the one who is causing this problem and no one else. Similar to you being the leader of a, a company or organization, if something happens in that organization, you will be blamed. So you see people who are maybe pastors or leaders of different organizations and things might not be going well. Don't blame the people. Oh, the people. Nothing with the people. You. It is you. It is I. You and I, it is very important to acknowledge and accept and stop making excuses. What do you think? The excuse maker is, 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 is so important because people are bound and, 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 and weakened by excuses. Okay. Now, why, you see, you wonder why people give, make excuses. Many people are not willing to look inside their hearts. People are not willing to look into their hearts and to accept it. David said, King David, I won't hide my iniquities from you. I'm not prosper. It's easy, you see. The best person to not make excuses towards is God. That's what God just tell me. Just certain as it is, because he knows. And David, King David did not hide it. He made it clear. Anytime, or for example, Bishop talks about Bishop Prince who is able to overcome their major hurdles. But Bishop Prince will overcome the major hurdles and then come to you, to Bishop, to tell him that I have succeeded, these are the results, but these were the hurdles. But a lot of Christians will come, these are the hurdles, these are the hurdles. Here, what shall we do? No. 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 Or Something was supposed to be done last week, and it wasn't done, but you have a good excuse. We accepted this time. Next week, another excuse happens. We accept it. After two or three, you have to admit that you have the problem and not the issues we are talking about. Because one person cannot have all issues. There must be, there must be something going on. It's very important. Otherwise, we cannot move to the next level. There's nothing wrong with explaining. Sometimes it's good to explain before you explain, 
genuinely believe it because you first have to agree with it and admit it to yourself. You must be the main person convinced before trying to convince another person. What am I saying? If genuinely you know that, oh, this was the reason, but genuinely I need to find out what is there any other human being who could have turned it around and done it differently and succeeded in this problem? If it was the person I'm working for or with, or it was my leader, or it was my pastor or my parent or whoever, would they have had different results? If they would have, then I must acknowledge that, yes, there was a problem, but I could have done better. Next time I'll know what to do. Then you can explain that, yes, genuinely, I could have done better. This is why I could have done better, but these were the problems. Beautiful. Versus, this is what happened. You don't understand. This is what happened. Blah, blah, blah. And then that's it. You, you can't move forward. You can't progress. Because in this life, there are going to be many challenges. There are going to be many obstacles. So if these ones you are not able to overcome, then as time goes by, then what are you going to do? You need to overcome any of the obstacles. Ask the future. Because the, 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 the greater the, the, the move, the greater the obstacle. You think about it. If you are if, if you are going to race uh, Olympics, if you are racing high school, the obstacles are not that many. So if you are messing up and you are you, you, are, you are failing or the the oh re, the, 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 the what what the stumbling blocks what are they called? Hurdles. The hurdles. Thank you. If, if you are always tripping on the hurdles in high school, when you go to invest, when you go to Olympics, the hurdles might be bigger, or even if they are the same, you are competing with different people. So if you are making excuses in high school, when you are how are you going to the Olympics? That's assume you cast corners, or I don't know, maybe by some supernatural way you are able to get to the Olympics. You will not succeed in the Olympics because you made the excuses in the beginning and you are not able to master the excuses. I'm preaching to someone. You are not able to master the excuses because if you had acknowledged the excuse you would have learned how to jump the head properly. Because a, a t -t coach, I don't know how to do it. Help me. Versus the excuse is that I was tired that day. The excuse is that I was sick that day. The excuse is that, I, I, whatever the excuse is. Maybe I took some medicine and made me drowsy. So that is, that's the reason why I couldn't jump the head then when you get to the Olympics and your mind is clear, you also don't jump it. What a message I'm preaching. Very important. A good message. The can-do person and the four enemies of the can-do person. This is so important. That's why I, I really believe it. Anyone who really knows me well, I don't mean people who think they know me, know me well. If something messes up, immediately, even if someone is saying that, oh, it's not, you know, it, yeah, I, I can, it's clear. Because once I acknowledge it, I now try to figure out how to solve it in the later on. How to solve it. When I acknowledge it, then I can solve it. But if I don't acknowledge it, then where is the grace to acknowledge? Where is the grace to take me to the next level? The excuse maker. The excuse maker. Also, people make, so people make excuses because they are not willing to look inside their hearts. They are not willing to look to see 
These people who were paid to the Sabbath, genuinely, they, 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 it was an excuse. They knew it was an excuse. I mean, come on. Come, uh, uh, I come to church Sunday, you know, I have to do my laundry. Come on. That's an excuse. I don't care what you do. God is saving you. Your bread is in his hands. And he's told us in Hebrews 10 25, do not neglect the gathering of yourselves together. Don't neglect church. And you are going to do laundry chest time. Yeah, it's an excuse. I don't care whether you've got exams. I don't care. Let God also say, I've also got to say souls. You are not, I'll come to you later. Let me say souls. It's an excuse. It's an excuse for someone to say, I have bought a piece of land. And I have to go and see it in the evening. Unless they have light as bright as the sun. That they can put in on, on that place. Someone says that I bought a business, I have a business, and I bought five yoke of oxen for my farm, my, 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 my business. I, I, I need to go and prove it out. No, you can prove it out after this. It's an excuse. Or oh, I've married a wife, and because I've married a wife, I cannot come. Other people make excuses because of a lack of interest. I'm not interested in the thing. You know, I, 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 there's a video I was watching with someone talking about a man who was diagnosed with a cancer. And this person, I don't know if you guys have seen it. If you, you, you anyway, I'll talk about that later on. But diagnosed, it was diagnosed with a cancer and he, you know, he went to the doctors and the doctor gave him, I mean, he was very, very busy. He was a very busy man. Very, very busy. This man was so busy that he didn't have time for family, he didn't have time for church, he didn't have time for much, but he was a Christian. But when the, the disease hit and he needed to make time, he needed to go to the doctors maybe two times or three times a week. I can't remember the details, but extra, he needed to go to the doctors to, for consultation, for drugs on a regular basis. He made all the time he needed. Every Look, he, he dropped everything and made the time. So the thing is that anything you and I really want to do, we are interested in, we will make the time for it. That's the conclusion. Once you are interested in it, you make the time. And God in heaven is wiser than you and I. His ways are higher than our ways. His, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His wisdom is higher than ours. So if God in the universe is analyzing you and I, will he say that we are interested in him and in the things of God? He will compare it to when we are dealing with our children. He will compare it. There are, there are people when you are dealing with your babies, your child, your children, the effort you take, and you should take the effort, you should make the effort. But what about him? What effort? So when he sees an interest, when he sees an interest you have, and he sees what you are willing to do because of your interest. Or in a job to make money. He sees the effort. He will even clap for you if he can. Only if he sees that you are also putting the time in and showing interest in him and his work. And you clap. 
I'm sure there are many Christians. I pray that not none of us, but unfortunately, there are many Christians who, when God looks down to analyze the all-wise God, he will see people who are devoted to what they are interested in. He will see all of them. He will see the, the, what they do to prove it. And then he will look at how they respond to him. Church and the things of God. And the question is, will he clap or he'll just shake his head? The angels who are watching, the Bible says that they look intensely just to understand and look into the salvation and also God's relationship with people. The angels will just be looking. Or they'll be clapping. Which one? May they clap. May they clap when it comes to their time. Also, excuse, excuse makers are sometimes usually lazy. Sometimes it's laziness. Sometimes being lazy will make you make an excuse. Or procrastination or lazy. Oh, I'll do it later on. Oh, I'll do it later on. Oh, I'll, I'll sign that thing later on. Oh, I'll go and sort that thing out later on. That later on, later on, later on, you may become with an excuse. Proverbs 26, 13. This lazy or slothful man said, there is a lion in the way. A lion is in the street. So a lazy person will try to find a good excuse to to, to stay in their laziness or not to do something or not to go out. There is someone who is in the house for some time and the person is relaxed and doesn't want to leave the house. So the lazy person will say, there is a lion in the street. Because of that, I cannot leave. So that, that, that justifies my staying home. It justifies it. It justifies it. Numbers chapter 13, verse 27 to 31. Am I preaching to somebody? Numbers chapter 13, verse 27 to 31. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou settest us, and surely it flowed with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Verse 28. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. So they are now talking about why they shouldn't go. Because they are not willing to take the risk or to fight. They, 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 are, they are trying to make excuses. They've seen the Red Sea pattern. They've seen God lead them with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. They've seen God bring quails uh, 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 and, and, and meat in the desert, water in the desert. They've seen miracles. They walked and their, their feet, as they were growing, their shoes grew with them. They saw all these things. They saw all these things. 
and they are now talking about how big the enemy is and why they cannot go. Verse 29. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the, the people, for they are stronger than we. And excuse me again. No, this is too big. This project is too big for us. No, this is too big. Let's, let's go small. Let, let's go slow. Let's go small. Let, let, let's cut our coat according to our size. Let, let's go small. It's too big. This is a big undertaking. This is too big for us. An excuse maker. An excuse maker. What do you think? Very, very, very important. When you are an excuse maker, you cannot be a can-do person. Because realize that God told the people of God, go and spy the land. Now let's go and possess the land. Now, the people who were can-do people, Caleb and Joshua said, we can go. God has given it to us. Now, those who are excuse makers, so those who are not excuse makers like Caleb and Joshua said we can go, the excuse makers that are 10 said we cannot go. They are stronger than us and gave good reasons. I the reasons good. Children of Ark, they are giants. The land even swallows the inhabitants. We are giants. These people are giants. How can we take them? We are like grasshoppers in their sight. So a good excuse, a good reason. They are stronger than us. It's true. They are stronger than them. But that is not the point. The point is that God said he will fight for them. God is the one who is going to do it. So an excuse maker cannot be a can-do person because the excuse maker is not going to be prepared to go and do what God wants them to do. They will make excuses as to why they cannot do it. There are hurdles. Let's go to the ends of the world. No, we can't go because uh, this is there, this roadblock, that roadblock. No, rather, we can go. We are going. Now, let's deal with the roadblocks one by one. What are the roadblocks? Let's get them, list them, pray against them, and find out ways to deal with them. That's, that's, that's a can-do person. What's another person who say, look at all these roadblocks. We cannot go. Someone who's a can-do person will say, this business venture, it requires a lot. I'm going to do it. We will do it. Someone who's, not an, someone who's an excuse maker will say, this thing, no, I don't know that I can do it. It's too big. It's too big. There's a job you are going to manage. They tell you that your experience is good enough. You've never managed before. That you pray that God will give you a management, management position. You've gotten even a director position, and you say to yourself, I've never done it before, I'm afraid I can go. I can do it. Oh, there are people like that. At least in the small time I've passed that, I've seen. There are people like that. I, I, I'm afraid this one is too high for me. And excuse me now. Because greater is he that is in you and I than he that is in the world. And if 
God is a me, I can do all things. I, I, an excuse maker will say, I cannot. And therefore, an excuse maker cannot be a can do person. But I see can do people on, on, on Zoom, and I see in the spirit, or at least I perceive that they are can do people watching also. Amen. To glory. I can do. I can. Number three, I'll just give or start one more, and then we'll continue next week. The third, the third, the third enemy. So you do see why it's an enemy. It's an enemy. Now, the third, look at Revelation 21, verse 8. Let me see what I can start. Let me start from verse 7. Why not 6? And he said unto them, and then he said unto me, verse 6, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God. And he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in a lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. But it's very interesting that they didn't say all murderers. They didn't say all unbelieving. They didn't say all fearful. They didn't say all whoremongers. Or all sorcerers, but they said, or all, or all idolaters, they said all lies. That's careful with lies, brethren. Because as I've become a Christian, not only pastors, pastors, you say a lot of pastors lie. A lot of people lie. Pastors who are supposed to be lie. A lot of people, we are not, we are, nobody is perfect, but lies. Lies. People lie. Lies. And, and the reason why people lie is because people don't take lies to be a big thing. People take lies to be a, a small thing. Can we go, get back to uh, move the, the, the verse now? The, the, the lies. People, people, people take lies to be a, a little sin. It, it, it is insignificant. This is not that much. This is a small sin. Are you hearing me? You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so because of that, people lie easily, not knowing that. It is a big deal. But anyway, the third is fear. The fearful. We saw the fearful in. I just wanted to check that in. Especially with all lies, not all fearful. So the third enemy of the Kandu person is fear. And fear is an enemy because fear would send... Uh, 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 fear is an enemy because fear is an evil spirit. Fear is an evil spirit. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Fear, God has not given you and I the spirit of fear. I'll read it in another translation, a couple of translations. NLT. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, 
but of power, love, and self-discipline. ESV, English Standard Version. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Berean Literal Bible. For God has not given us a spirit of cowardice, but of power and of love and of self-control. So, fear is cowardice. Fear is, 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 is a lack of self-control. Fear is an evil spirit. The spirit of fear. Fear is an evil spirit. Very, very important to realize it is an evil spirit. Amen? And this word fear, delia, is cowardice, timidity, fear. Hallelujah. God has not given you an eye, the spirit of fear. Now, before we quickly talk about why fear is, 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 is going to rob us of the candle attitude, anytime we are afraid, an evil spirit is leading us if we follow fear. You and I will be tempted to fear. No problem with that. Many other times, you and I will be tempted to fear. Being tempted to fear is not a problem, but the one who fears, that's why the Bible says, they're fearful. They're fearful. So you were tempted to fear, and you succumb to fear, and you fear, and you are always afraid. That's different from someone who is tempted to fear and struggles with it and overcomes. Or in spite of the fear, they do what they need to do. Because usually, behind fear, your greatest victory is at behind fear. Yes. Your greatest victory is behind what you are afraid of. Sometimes the decision. There was a time I, I was talking, I, I, I was worried about something, and then I said, I'm talking to you. So I said to myself, yeah, I'm talking to you. I've said that the, the greatest blessing is behind the fear. And then I said to myself, what, the what if? Then I said, I've been talking about second Timothy one seven. So I'm talking to myself that an evil spirit is trying to direct me. You and I must be able to say, you know, Satan, you are trying to direct me. I'm not saying because anytime you and I act on our fears, an evil spirit has led us to act. Anytime there was an opportunity to fear from Old Testament to Revelation, from Genesis to Revelation, and God or an angel was present, there was a common phrase, fear not, all the time. There is no way Jesus or an angel appears, someone is afraid, and they will, will not hear fear not. Why? Because in the, in the presence of God, fear vanishes. In the absence of Jesus, fear blossoms. So fear is like a mist, like a dark mist. Right behind fear, which, you see, fear is a dark mist that is blocking your redemption and victory. That's, that's behind fear. Job said, the thing I have greatly fear is come upon me. Job he was, deep down, was afraid that something would happen to his children. Something would happen to his business. Something would happen to his livelihood. He was afraid. So every time he would sacrifice for his children righteously, just in case they sinned. 
That's why when the children died and everything, the, the, his business, everything was wiped out. Job said, "The thing I have greatly feared, the thing I have greatly feared, has come upon me." Sometimes fear is like that demon that is able to enter through that narrow gate that the other demons are not able to enter. Enter in to open the door and then to get the other demons to come. That's fear. Fear. Our prophet Bishop Dyke talked about fear, how he was afraid because of time. Okay, almost done. Time is up already. Our prophet was talking about a time he was going to Central America. No, actually to Colombia. He was invited to have a crusade in Colombia. And just before that, he had heard about some priests being shot in the church. As they are taking mass, someone comes in and shoots the person, kills him there. So he was afraid and he actually told the people that, you know what, I'm not going, I'm not, I'm not attending the crusade due to a few things. So I, 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 I'm not attending because he was afraid. And then as he was in the plane one day, someone with blue was sitting by him. Wearing blue jacket, you know, so you dress well. That's what he saw. And then he also, one another time, or whether it was the same time, he had, he felt God was speaking to him, and God said to him, So you are not going to South America because you are afraid. Eh? You are trying to preserve your life. Okay, thank you. When God tells you that you better rush and go, so he rushed and went. And that's where he said he saw the dead raised. A dead child was raised from the dead. The mother brought the child to the crusade, and God's power touched the child. I'm sure if you go on YouTube, you see it. I saw, well, you, at least I, I saw the second day. I have not, I've, I've not been able to find the first day. But the second day, they talk about the, the first day and what God did. So you see on the second day, coffins, people, not, not coffins per se, but dead bodies, people uh, with cloth. I don't know, I don't think anybody was placed that day because it's God who does it. Hallelujah. But imagine he didn't go. You see people who are who, who were paralyzed from birth and how God healed them and raised them up. I mean, as Bishop was preaching, he had not even started praying. He was preaching on Jesus Christ the same yesterday today forever. He had not even finished preaching. He was in the middle of preaching when people were getting out of their wheelchairs. All that. Would have been lost because of fear. All that. I've also had my examples, even the Indian reservation going to Wagner. I was afraid that time because one of the, 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 the team had talked about a cousin who was killed and murdered in a, a reservation, and nobody didn't find whoever did it, and it was a full day. The case was just dropped. And we always hear all sorts of things. I went. You also, you also, there are times that there will be things we'll be afraid of. And many times we will try our best not to do those things because we are afraid. Sometimes to preserve ourselves, sometimes to preserve our families, sometimes to preserve our livelihood. But maybe the best would be that you are comfortable where you are instead of getting God's best. 
because you are free. But Christ said that the God of things are possible. There's no sin with God. There is no sin. I mean, if a human being Moses could see God's back and God could speak to him face to face and mouth to mouth, then there is no limit to what God can do with human being. If Enoch was translated so that he was not, and just like these Disney movies, Elijah went up into heaven with a whirlwind like Disney, but it's not Disney, it's real, then there's no limit with God. If there's the sun and the moon could stop, stop, stand still because of God dealing with Joshua, then there's no limit with God. So fear, fear, fear. So anytime we are afraid, we are not able to become new people because fear is negative faith. Faith is trust in what God can do. Fear is a, a belief in what the devil can do. The pandemic, I'm afraid. So I'll not do what I need to do because I'm afraid. You have to be wise and sensible and wear your mask and do the right thing. But nevertheless, how can you be afraid? Many people will be afraid to do God's work, but they will not be afraid to go to their doctors, to go to their dentists, to go to their, 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 their schools, to even go to the fitness centers. But when it comes to the work of God, am I saying something to somebody? Preaching. Yeah. Even if they spend the same two hours of three hours a day. I was not happy that I had to remove my mask at the dentist. What did the dentist or one of the people there have that was asymptomatic? All that people will do. All that people will do. But you might and I must get to the point where we say, look, I don't care what happens. Once God is on my side, I am already more than a conqueror. Already more than a conqueror because God is on my side. If God be for me, who can be against me? If God has got my back, what else can I worry about? Fear will rob you. Because fear tells you, don't do it. Don't do it. Joshua, there are giants in the land. Don't go. Fear is going to tell you that. Fear will tell you not to go to the promised land. And the children of Israel would have lived and died in the wilderness. Of course, all the adults died. None of the adults went apart from Joshua and Caleb. It was only the, the, the young ones, the babies, and those who were born, plus Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb were the only adults who entered the promised land because of the other people's unbelief. The, the God let them die off in the wilderness and said, none of them are going except for Joshua and Caleb and the young ones because of their unbelief, their memory. Fear is not a good thing. First John 14. Oh, my time is up. Okay, I'll just uh, read first John 4 18. Uh, we'll, we'll go into that next week. First John 4, verse 18. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We'll talk about that next week, God willing. But the enemies of the can do man. And woman, memory. Don't remember. 
So because memory will cause God to be angry with you. And how can you be a can-do person to Christ who is angry with you? Number two. And trust me, angry with you. There's no time to go into it, but when you read Corinthians, when the Bible gives the example of when the children fell, the Bible says that the example of Moses and the children in the wilderness with them memory and falling and them committing uh, fornication with idol worship and all those things, all those things were written for our as examples or examples to us and were written for our learning and our admonition. But we'll come to that another time. So the key is that you and I, memory will rob us. Number two, excuses will rob us of a can-do person because I'll make an excuse why I cannot succeed. Or I'll make an excuse why I did not succeed. Instead of agreeing that I didn't succeed, these are the steps I should have taken that I didn't take. What other ways can I do it so that I'll succeed the next time? You think about that, you make an excuse, you feel happy, and you'll be robbed of the can-do attitude and therefore rob the victory. And number three, fear. Fear will tell you that don't dare go there. Don't go there. Other people have gone and have failed. No one has been able to attempt it. Oh, may we achieve great things for God. No one has been able to attempt it, but you can. No one has been able to attempt it, but you can. No one since Moses was able to do that. At least you can be the only one on earth that God has done something like that with. Why not? Can we do it? Yes, we can. Shall we pray? Father God, we bless your name and worship you. We thank you for the grace to be can-do people. Thank you for delivering us from memory. Thank you, O oh God, for delivering us from being excuse makers. Father God, thank you for delivering us from fear. We reject fear. We, we refuse fear. We reject the spirit of fear. We renounce fear, O oh God. In the name of Jesus Christ. May we be can-do people who will achieve great things for you, not for our names, not for ourselves, but for Jesus, for his name, for his glory. May we do great things in this life for his glory, Jesus' glory. In the name of Jesus. Father God, we bless your name and worship you in Jesus' name. If you are watching and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you are not born again and you know in your heart that you are far away from God. You know in your heart that you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You know in your heart that if you die today, you don't know whether you go to heaven or hell. That you want Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life. You want Jesus Christ to, to take control of your life. Then repeat after me, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that He died on the cross for my sins. I believe that He died on the cross for my sins. And His blood was shed for my sins. And His blood for my sins. I believe. I believe that God raised Him from the dead. I believe that God raised Him from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Please forgive me for all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. 
please forgive me of all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. From today, I belong to Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen. Amen. Father God, we bless you and worship you. We thank you for everything we've had, and we thank you for the grace to do your will. Father God, we pray also for those who have surrendered their lives to you through church or through social media. We pray, Father God, that you bless them and you preserve them, touch them, and direct people their way, Lord, nurture them and, and guide them to a deeper relationship with you, Lord Jesus. We ask you this, O oh God, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. May God bless you. May God favor you. May God honor you. May God protect you. May God deliver you from every evil. May you and I be immune from hospitalization and from death when it comes to COVID-19 or any other thing. May we be protected. May the blood of Jesus Christ be your portion. We apply the blood of Jesus Christ over every single one of us. We pray for divine health, divine favor, divine blessings in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you all on social media till we meet next time. Shalom, shalom. And God bless you in church and welcome Pastor Elon. <laughs>